Before we get started, uh, this show will always be free. But if you would like to support us monetarily, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the fandom show, where you can throw some of your hard earned dollars our way. Uh, for a couple bucks a month, you can listen to episodes early, you can submit your hot takes, you can hear our monthly fan club podcast where we take all of our micro fandoms and make them macro. Uh, and you can also get access to our nerds letter, which is a roundup of all the things that we are loving these days. So please head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fandom show. We've recently updated our tiers as well to help make it a little more accessible for all of you to come join us on the back end. So please join. But absolutely the best thing you can do is the thing you're already doing, which is listening, telling your friends and keeping the fandom going. So thank you so much. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I am Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Mallet. And today we are talking about the most wholesome blue dogs you ever did see, the kids show that parents uniformly, uniformly, generally, really don't hate. They seem to live of it. They don't. They don't dislike it. They, in fact, adore it. <gasps> What's it it is Bluey. Yeah, I really did a ramp up on that. <laughs> you didn't really I? were just like, ooh, stretch it I'm, out. I'm stretching. gonna, I'm gonna warn everybody in advance. My brain is mushy today, <laughs> and my brain is mushy always. Yeah, part of what yeah. you like about us, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, Steph. What do you know about the kids' cartoon Bluey? Okay, so I, up until like a month or so ago, knew nothing. Uh, I'd heard about it. I'd heard parents loved it. I heard adults love it who aren't have nothing to do with children. Uh, and as a person who loves children's cartoons like She-Ra, I was definitely interested in checking it oh out. Oh, my God. Do you love She-Ra? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I love She-Ra. So do uh, I. It's an amazing show. Uh, so I checked out a few episodes, and I honestly, I get the hype. I It's delightful. I don't want to go too far into explaining it, but it's it's a really lovely show about a family of healers, blue healers, which is a breed of dog, uh, and how the parents uh, and their kids interact. It's so wholesome. Kaya, what do you know about Bluey? Um, I know that it is incredibly popular, both among adults and kids. Um, I know that it's sort of uh, taken the industry by storm. Um, and part Kaya, why did you just turn your head for a second? Uh, just so we because know. there's a sweet little dog. Uh, a little, little doggo heard we were talking about dogs and yeah. was like, me too. Little Scar came over, <laughs> wants to join the podcast. We'll check in with Scar from a one, every once in a while to have some dog representation yeah. because that is important. <laughs> um, but what I know about this is that I originally heard about it uh, because in the kids TV world, which is where I work occasionally, um, it is just the pinnacle of kids TV. Like everyone making kids TV right now wants to make another Bluey. So that should be like a good example of how beloved this show has become. How beloved? Oh, nope. Long walk. Long walk. Long walk. Long, 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 long dog walk. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, somebody else should probably talk for a while. Do you know <laughs> who knows a bunch about Bluey? Uh, who, Steph? It's our special guest. Uh, Kinley Mockery is an actor and podcaster from Toronto. She stars alongside Eric Peterson in the award winning short film Junior's Giant 
Wine, which is currently making its way through the festival circuit. She's also co-host of Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. Hey, Kenley. Thanks for joining Hello, us. Kenley. Hello. Thank you Welcome. so much for having me today. Oh, an oh. absolute pleasure. So, so excited. You, you recommended this idea. We didn't pitch this to you. You were like, I need to talk about this show. I, I did, yeah. Um, because Perfect. you have been watching a ton of it, yes? I have been. Oh. Absolutely. Okay, so let's pretend that somebody listening to this has never seen a second of it, doesn't know anything, does not know any human being who has children. Okay. How would you... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, which I, Incredible. It's possible. Impressive. Um, how would you describe Bluey? All right. Well, it is an Australian children's show, specifically a preschool children's show about an anthropomorphic dog family. The show centers around the titular character Bluey, who is a super imaginative, inexhaustible six-year-old, her younger sister Bingo, who is four years old, her mom, or rather their mom Chili, and their dad Bandit. Most of the episodes are very slice of life. They are centered around their home life, life with the parents, life with uh, extended family, their experiences in school with their um, with their friends, and a little bit of the background, just because it is relevant. Um, the the show is created by uh, Joe Brum. Did I already mention this is an Australian show? Yes. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so he is someone who has worked in animation for years at this point. He was interested actually in going into adult animation. He wanted to veer away. He was working on um, a notable uh, animated kids show, and I forget the name of it right now. I believe it's called Charlie and Lola, something like that. It was a okay. British show. I think that's the incorrect title. But anyway, he created the show, and so one of the main things that he was interested in was it being a show that could be enjoyed as much by the kids as the adults, that it wasn't, um, especially for parents, that it wasn't just an insufferable watching experience, that they would take as much enjoyment from it as their kids, likely for different reasons, but still. And uh, a lot of his influence had to do with research into what is called sociodramatic play. And it is the ways in which kids develop life skills through uh, different types of play, the way they learn how to collaborate and cooperate, how to manage um, emotions, you know, such as uh, anger, jealousy, what have you. And with a lot of preschool shows that focus on the sort of rudimentary education of like, you know, counting and spelling, he thought it would be more interesting to see how kids develop life skills through play and also showing to parents that like play is a good thing and yeah. it's how it is a valuable way that kids learn. And um, we put that all together and we get this sweet, little, humorous, lovely, beautiful show called Bluey. Wow. Oh. What yeah. an on-point description of wow, that. Wow, thank you. I really had to rein in my ADHD <laughs> to get that as concise as possible. That's just the tagline of this show. <laughs> I was people like, reining in their ADHD <laughs> to I feel like to be concise. I feel like this is the place where people don't rein in their ADHD. <laughs> that's it. This is ADHD the podcast. <laughs> well, we'll get a taste of that later on. Yes, that's what I love to hear. Yeah. Uh, speaking of jumping in a totally different direction, um, but not really, what's your origin story? Like, how did you get into Bluey? Well, speaking of ADHD, it was it was TikTok. Oh, okay. Um, I was noticing just these little hints, uh, people talking about this show called Bluey. I remember seeing um, uh, animators doing like, oh, I animate myself in blank animation style, and Bluey came up. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is, I guess, a new like 
kids show people are into, then I would see these TikToks being like, in quotations, Bluey's just a kid's show, and then showing like some of the more um, <laughs> tear-jerking clips from the show, maybe some of the ones that um, get into slightly heavier themes. We'll talk about that later. And then one day I open up TikTok, and this was after they had extended their uh, video lengths to being up to 10 minutes. Um, Bluey is always, uh, every episode is seven minutes long. Okay. And so I open up my TikTok one day, and the first thing that comes up is a full episode of Bluey. Whoa. And I go, you know, I'm interested, because I'm a big lover of animation and, and children's programming, and I was like, I'm interested. The, people are selling this in an interesting light. I'm curious. And it was the episode called Charades. Okay. It's not my necessarily my favorite episode, but what was clear was that this was a show, especially a preschool show, that was doing something different. Yeah. And I wa I, I left it being like, I don't want to die right now. This was actually <laughs> a very enjoyable experience. And tapped into, um, it was funny, and like... It tapped into like a beauty too. And I was really uh, intrigued by this. And so I clicked through on this one channel that uploaded this. There were, a I think about six or seven more episodes. And I'm like, well, let's, let's give a couple more of these a watch. And I watch them all and I go, well, and I open up Disney Plus <laughs> and I watched every episode. I mean, there are three seasons. They're, they're finishing up the third season now. Um, but at the time there were, Two seasons with 52 episodes each, and yeah. then uh, the third season had 25 episodes up on Disney+, and got through all that in probably two or three days. Wow. Dang. It's a the thing is, it's a really easy show it's to get so through. It's so digestible. Not, yeah. Because it's digestible, it's really easy to watch, because it's very like wholesome and sweet, but it's also seven minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you have ADHD, yeah, perfect for ADHD. Perfect. ADHD. You just get through perfect. it like nobody's business. <laughs> so there's uh, there's four main characters in this show yes. that you described. Can you uh, tell us a bit more about them? And is there one that you relate to the most? Relate to? Okay, um, I would say okay. Off the bat, I'll say I relate to all of them in a certain way. I'll g let's talk about them. So there's Bluey. <laughs> She's a blue, and it's funny actually. You mentioned that they're a family of blue healers. They are a family of healers. Oh. Two of them are blue healers, and oh, two yeah. of them are red healers. That's right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Bluey, <laughs> Bluey's a blue healer. That's why they're that the would healer be a, family. That would be weird to name the red healer Bluey. Yeah. Um, that would be, yeah, oh, like just a little uh, obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> weird be, move. Being ironic for the sake of it. Yeah, so, real hipster preschool show. Exactly, yeah. So Bluey is super imaginative, very energetic, uh, really ready to just uh, get down with any type of game. She loves to play, loves to play with her sister, loves to play with her friends, loves to play with her uh, parents. I would say especially her dad. Um, because he, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, and then we have Bingo. In a way, I relate to Bingo the most, but I think it's also just like, I, I love Bingo so dearly. I don't always have like huge, like parental maternal instincts, but I just like want to protect her so badly. She's the more, she's the more sensitive of the two, but she also, um, she's also down. She's yeah. also down to play whenever the time is right. She's very sweet. Love bingo. We love bingo here. I do anyway. <laughs> then there is Chili. She's the mom. Oh, and bingo's one of the red healers, and Chili's the other red healer. Got it. And Chili is just a uh, great mom. She's got all the, the, the sort of mom 
instincts and traits. She has fun, but also is able to keep keep everything in line and to under uh, control. Uh, yeah, to to rein them in, if you will. Yeah, hey. as we're talking Ooh. about today. Uh, but she, it, I mean, everyone on the show knows how to have fun. It's really aspirational. Uh, and then we have Bandit, who is probably the most beloved character on this show. People love Bandit, and I love Bandit too. He's super goofy. He's really fun. Uh, he definitely. You know, it, not afraid to like make a fool of himself for the sake of the kids to get a laugh out of them. Is he like kind of dad goals? He's he a major dad goals. Yeah. People like th- this was like actually a notable critique of the show that people would say like he just that he was such um, a, a solid uh, depiction of fatherhood uh, that was really admirable. People were people are crazy about Bandit. They love him. Love it. And um, I love him too. I'm not quite in that camp of people. Who, like, <laughs> he's no adore- bingo. He's no, he is no bingo. Let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even joke. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a bingo stand podcast now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so uh, those are those are the four essentially. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like from what I understand, the sort of one of the things that's been praised for is sort of uh, flipping a lot of sort of traditional gender roles. Um, like uh-huh. for instance, when it comes to um, Bandit, I know a lot of people have praised that portrayal because he isn't doing like traditional and just so you know, as you're listening huge air quotes here dad stuff uh-huh. um, so like he plays with his kids and yeah. like deeply involved he's deeply involved and not afraid to be imaginative and do his share of the work and all of those things that you don't always see with TV fathers yeah absolutely um, and he yeah, he's also like a very like sensitive father. He's not the sort of just like oh like toughen up whatever. Like yeah. he, he's will if his kids have a problem and especially like if there's something that like he's doing wrong, he's there to like listen and to fix it uh, and to be very um, uh, sensitive and caring towards his kids. Yeah, it's, they, yeah, it's lovely. They seem to have a lot of uh, touch with emotion, which is a thing um, mm-hmm. that is so lovely to watch. It's just everyone in it can express their emotions, and it's safe for them to express their emotions. One right. of the episodes I watched, uh, Little Bingo, was like, you never let me uh, do this part. You never let me get to do this part of the game that we're playing. Oh, yeah. Magic Xylophone? Yeah. And she, kn- she just expressed herself, <laughs> yeah. and then they were like, well, you know, Bluey took a minute to get there, but uh-huh. everyone was on board at the end. I'm just like, yes, yeah. you should listen to each other, and you could speak your needs and have them met. Yeah, For it was sure. Really nice. Yeah. It seems like, because I think so much preschool content is really difficult for adults to sit through because it you is. You know what we're talking about, <laughs> Caillou. <laughs> wow, coming hard for Caillou. We all, look, we may stand bingo, but we detest Caillou on yeah. this podcast. Neutral on Peppa Pig. <laughs> Honestly, so much kids' content is brutal. It's 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 difficult because, well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> there's there's different categories of kids' content. So, like, the, right. the kind of kids' content that uh, adults often watch is, something that falls more in what's called bridge content. So like She-Ra is in bridge content or like Gravity Falls. Um, That stuff is considered like 9 to like 13, 14 is kind of where that stuff sits. And that's designed to have like slightly more mature themes, slightly more like coherent narratives, all of that stuff. But preschool has a mandate. It is a specific mandate to educate. And when you're making a preschool show, every single thing that you go through is talking about like uh, modeling behaviors, good behaviors, educating, like educational value is a huge thing that gets talked about. But the thing that seems so interesting about this for me is that they, they kind of decided against the... 
it seems like they kind of chose to go with soft skills rather than hard skills in for terms sure. of what they chose to talk about. And that's still really relatable for adults. And like, we need yeah. that. A lot of we people do. need that of all ages. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't have a lot of intel like emotional intelligence in our society. So it kind of seems really remarkable that they went in that direction. Absolutely. And like you for sure, I mean, it's a preschool show, so you obviously see a lot of those lessons being learned by the kids, but there are some episodes where the adults are learning something <gasps> where they, I know, <laughs> unfathomable. <laughs> Parents aren't always right that's how I was raised <laughs> yeah but yeah no like acknowledge like knowing they're wrong and like acknowledging that they're wrong yeah and like working through that and that's pretty that's pretty cool too wow Dang. Yeah. that's so neat mm -hmm. I also feel the need to say dad you might be listening I'm so sorry <laughs> you're not always right you are very good at admitting mom. <laughs> sorry dad you're always right mom um, don't get mad at me. <laughs> uh, seriously, do you listen to this? Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. Very like, oh, that's all so interesting. Like, uh -huh. And okay. T can you tell us more about this psychosocial play? I didn't say that right. What, what is it? I believe it's referred to as, oh my God, now I'm forgetting it. Oh I think no. It's sociodram so dramatic play. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what you said. The science. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, I'm not going to be able to help you there. It's a lot of research into early childhood education. Are you and, telling me you do not have a PhD, PhD uh, in this? God, no, PhD? Don't, don't do this to me. PhD. <laughs> I uh, warned you all off the top. My brain is not working. I don't. Um, I, w I wish I could. Um, but yeah, alas, that is not... Um, that is not where my expertise that is okay. comes in. I'm sorry. But, but I, I guess prefer. the idea is that like playing things out is how kids rehearse being adults. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have, because uh, you've talked about there are some episodes that kind of deal with more mature content. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? Because I'm so curious how, especially the preschool show, yeah. how they're dealing with uh, different themes and what themes. Well, okay, what's what's immediately coming to my mind right now is there's an episode called Onesies. Like this show makes people cry. This show I've makes heard. people cry, and I'm about to I'm about to tell you one of the ones uh -huh. that uh, yeah. Let's take a breath. So Hit there's me. an episode called Onesies, and it starts with um, Brandy coming to the the healer household, and Brandy is Chili's sister. Okay. They haven't seen each other in four years, and we don't know why this is. Uh, the kids are, you know, excited to see her, but they're also hesitant because they like don't know this woman. Yeah. Like Bluey's six, and. I mean, Bingo presumably just like has no recollection of her whatsoever. So the episode plays out um, in a, with certain plot points that aren't directly important, but basically it's discovered later. It's it's heavily implied. It's never outright said, but it's heavily implied that Brandy is infertile. Oh. And there's a there's a moment at the beginning when she sees Bingo and she says, "Oh my God! Like you look." You look just like, and Chili goes, you. And so the implication is that Bingo was born, and it just, like, she had been trying, and it just hurt her to see a child that looks oh. so much like her. Oh. And so she had to, like, actually step away from the family. So, yeah, that's uh, that's just one of the... That is probably, like, the heaviest the show's ever yeah. gotten. Yeah. But, like, obviously, we're in preschool territory, things get resolved by the end sure, in, in a way that feels like organic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's, mm, I'm trying to think of, a, trying to think of some other good ones. That's the only one that's jumping to my head, but there are more for sure. That's okay. I mean, even just that, that's right impressive now. to deal with in a, in a kid's show, let for alone sure. a preschool show. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And I think like, I, 
I love it because I think people really underestimate the level of emotional intelligence that kids are capable of. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I overestimated. I don't know. I don't have kids. I spend like uh, occasional time with my friends' kids. Yeah. But I really think they're capable of understanding more socially, at least, than we give them credit for. Oh, for sure. So like something like that is such a brave move. And it's such a like it puts so much trust in kids to be able to understand that. Yeah. yeah. There is another one I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I, ju I just remembered. Uh, I mean, this is not like an uncommon theme um, necessarily. Like a lot of um, kids shows have talked about like death. Yeah. Uh, there, there's an episode, uh, Copycat, when uh, it starts where Bluey's just, you know, copying everything her dad does. And then they're walking down the street and Bluey notices a budgie that's on the ground and mm. seems injured. And so there's this whole, the first half of the episode is basically trying to take care of this budgie. They uh, bandit and Bluey go together to the vet. The budgie ends up dying. Oh. And then the, the rest of the episode is Bluey basically reenacting almost beat for beat like she says hey bingo can you pretend to be a budgie and then just completely reenacts the ah, oh, the scenario no. and 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 um uh, chili ends up playing the vet right and so then you know brings her to the vet and um so then brings you know the 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 uh the birdie bingo into the vet and then she comes out and uh, chili says uh, well, good news. The the budgie's all better, and then and then Bluey's like, "Oh no, mum, you have to pretend that the budgie died." Uh, oh. And and, 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 and so it's pretty. Yeah, it, it's pretty uh, incredible the, the places that the show goes. That's so. Yeah. Uh. Well, because I feel like uh, with with kids, especially if you approach things with like honesty and directness and mm -hmm. openness. They can get it, and they'll understand, and it'll help them process through. If you're not making it like a big spooky thing that they can't, you can't approach, like death, for example. Ooh, we're getting heavy today on the yeah. fandom show. <laughs> kids are fascinated by death. Like I think we yeah. as adults get more scared of it than kids are. Yeah, right. I don't think they conceive of it of it as something that's going to happen to them, but I think they are fascinated by it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're just like, oh, well, and now that, uh, that's gone, and that's sad. Where'd they go? Well, we don't really know. Okay. Well, then yeah. then you can move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, just jumping back <laughs> away from death. <laughs> now wow. Everybody I'm take bringing... a moment to think about your own mortality. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, there it is. There Perfect. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, memento mori. <laughs> um, so uh, the children who uh, voice Bluey and Bingo are uncredited in the show. All um, the uh, all the child actors Yeah. Do you think uncredited. more shows should do that or do something like this to protect kids' privacy? I think it's – I mean, yeah. To, to be clear, that is the intention. They want to protect the, the privacy of the kids. I mean, I, I think it's a great – Great idea, um, uh, and that's really as far as my opinion goes. Yeah. I do think it's probably, especially with a show as successful as Bluey, to have like that type of limelight when you're yeah. when you're a kid. Like, um, and it's also easier because we, I noticed looking on IMDb, with the exception of one of the the kids who provide a voice, most of them are just kids of crew members yeah. really? and, and the people who work on the show. Yeah. There's one, there was one girl who, uh, who uh, is a, an, an aspiring actor. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, they're all just, you know, the animators' kids, the what have you's kids, and they come on to do the voices, which is also pretty incredible because, like, 
They're good. The voice acting on the show is it's like really, really good, good really actually. Good. Yeah. I always wonder like, especially when you're dealing with kids at that age, what like the direction process looks like when you're in the the, the vocal booth yeah. or the voice booth. Yeah. Um, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I know, but because like the, the reads they get are like, this is exactly what <laughs> this needed to the the notes they needed to hit. It's amazing. Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, in ter- in regards to like the the privacy question, like yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't really know like what the cons are. Yeah, imagine you came out strongly uh, uh, against <laughs> children's privacy. Well, because I, I <laughs> like well because we'll, I guess we'll deal with that on next season of Bluey. <laughs> like I guess uh, I guess the criticism would have to be to do with like exploitation, maybe. But yeah, I, but I get I, that. But I imagine that would have to do with more like behind the scenes yeah. rather than yeah. like the credit, like the way like whatever the parents do with like their money. I don't really know how like that all works, but like I feel like that's more the issue rather than the credit. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think one of the reasons it's remarkable is mostly cuz kids don't generally do voices for these types of shows. Like usually it's an mm. adult doing doing a kid's yeah. voice. Right, right, right. So I think it's it's it adds a layer of authenticity but then yeah. creates that extra complication of like but oh what happens to these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it also gives them the opportunity um, that when they're older if they want to be credited if that's a line of work they want to yeah. go to yeah. they can just credit themselves. That's a very IMDb good point. lets you do it. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. So they can be like that's me. I'm Bluey. Yeah. Give me more work Hollywood. For sure. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Don't you know who I am? I'm, I'm Bluey. Bluey. <laughs> I'm Bluey. Is that good? No that's a terrible accent. Oh Never god mind. please don't turn out to be a bad person. No. Oh. <laughs> We, they're too listen, little. Listen, if the voice actors of the kids on Bluey are listening, do do your best. And we know you be, are. Yeah. <laughs> but don't. We swear a lot. We know, we know you oh, were yeah, planning to be super yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have to ask. What are your favorite episodes? Oh, how many? <laughs> as many <laughs> as you want to tell us. Hit me. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, so a co- this is a common Bluey opinion. This is not an original thought. What is often regarded as, as one of, if not the best episode. Certainly one of my favorites. It's called Sleepy Time. Uh, is this one you, either of you are familiar with? No. Uh, no, but I do love sleep, so go on. Beautiful. <laughs> this is an episode that takes place uh, overnight. It, it starts uh, when the kids are getting tucked in, and it ends at the break of dawn. Ooh. And the plot is, get strapped in, the plot is... Bingo, as she's being tucked in, her mom's leaving her room, and she says, Mom, I want to do a big girl sleep tonight and wake up in my own bed. That's the plot of the episode. She's just doing everything in her power to make sure she wakes up in her own bed. Half of the episode takes place in her dreams. Uh, Just before bed, she had Chili read her a book about the planets. Okay. And so she's dreaming. She hatches out of the earth. And then she is basically navigating space with her um, stuffed bunny called Floppy. Dope. And consistently, she she is trying to like head towards the sun. And spoiler alert, it's revealed that the sun is represents chili. Uh, and so whenever she's moving towards the sun, she's oh. she's she's sleepwalking. Oh. She's sleepwalking in real life, t- moving towards their bed. Oh. So that's so that's half of the episode, and then the other half, which I feel like not enough people talk about, because that half is so beautiful and well done, and I'll talk a little more more about that in a second. The other half is the waking world stuff that revolves around Bluey and how she still has a little more of like, I guess I don't know if this is the proper term for it, but like detachment issues where like she's sort of like going to them in the middle of the night, can I get a drink of water? And like she ends up in their bed and like she ends up in the bathroom at one point her dad's walking past. She's like, can you sing to me? And, and, and like that aspect of the show is like, 
pretty funny. Like, it's actually, like, there, this is with, like, all episodes of Bluey, but there's always, like, great comedy. This show has a really good sense of humor. And so with the dream sequence, there's a score in it that is so... The music in the show overall is also a really great element, but the score in this, my God, it's based on... I forget his name. I feel like it's Holst, maybe. Oh, the planets. The planets. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Classical what, music. Steph, what do you know about the planets? Uh, oh, I just know that it's a classical music um, series that yeah. uh, they do uh, different pieces based on different planets. So it's insp- they take a lot of. Ins- I don't think it's like directly the music, but they take inspiration from that. So it's a very grand, Ooh, like gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. And the uh, they really went the extra mile with the animation on this one too, and uh, I think. What I love about the episode, other than the usual elements that make Bluey great, although I guess in a way this is one of them, when you have, I don't know, say a so full disclosure, I am a childless adult, um, and so when you have a parent, say, uh, who's like, oh my, so the other night, oh my God, like my child, they um, they did their first night with, uh, staying in their own bed and not coming to ours, you may think like, Okay, cool. Like Great. that's that's yeah. nice. Um, it's not. It, it seems like kind of without a lot of thought. It seems like a pretty trivial thing to us. And what I love about this episode is it turns something that we consider so small into like this big, grand, like beautiful journey and like this thing that like took like a lot of you know, energy to actually sustain, and spoiler alert, she does wake up in her own bed. Um, hey. <laughs> she, you, bingo, I, you did it. I did you know need I to know. You, I did um, need to know. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I love that because it's like, it's that sort of thing of like, we forget when we're adults, our milestones look so different. But yeah. for, for children to see like the path they're on, like being taken so seriously and like, yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. We don't think tend to think of it as a big deal, but like it is. Yeah. It's something that we were once like not accustomed to. We're so used to it now yeah. being in, independent people. But uh, that's that's for me at the core of what makes this show so special is how seriously it takes yeah. the kids. They're people. They're people. They're people. Especially at a time where, like, I I find more and more I grow sort of tired of the attitude of, like, I hate kids, Mm. you know, and, like, whatever. If you hold this opinion, like, fine. But it's just, I think we sort of owe it to ourselves to, like, dig a little deeper into, like, where that feeling comes from. But to also, like, hold more respect for, like, these people who are people. And people. space for people who are learning how to be people. Exactly. They yeah. don't come out knowing. And I, I was definitely on the, like, the, for several reasons, of like, I hate kids mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Yeah. Um, part of that is society. Stop trying to make women <laughs> have kids. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a large sure. part of F it. F off. Yeah. Sure. Um, but getting to watch little humans becoming bigger humans and yeah. the stuff that they go through and just like watching their brains work. It's it's definitely given me a lot more patience. Um, right. Uh, just being like, we need to, as a society and as people, understand that it's hard, have more space for it, give more patience to parents who are dealing with children mm-hmm. going through these things. Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, everything is context, right? I mean, when yeah. you've only been alive for four years. I know. Waiting 15 <laughs> minutes for something is, like, actually a fair portion of your life. Yeah. It's a long time. <laughs> exactly. In your, in your experience of time, a night yeah. is forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You go to space and back in a night. I, exactly. 100%. Uh, I'm going to mention at least one more episode and then Please. you can stop me. Nah. So uh, another one of my personal favorite episodes is one called Cafe. Uh, it's 
uh, Bandit and Bluey, they come to a park every morning before breakfast to do a little play. At the same time, this girl Winnie and her dad Fido also come. Bluey and, Fi sorry, excuse me, Bluey and um, Winnie instantly become friends, as I guess six-year-olds tend to do. Yes. It's a little easy. Um, and so they are playing cafe, but they need customers, so they bring in uh, Bandit and Fido, who don't know each other at all, oh. and it's them slowly over the episode forming a friendship, and it starts off very awkward. They're sitting at these like little playground tables oh that are way God. too <laughs> yeah. small for them. That's so funny. And so it, it's this. But what's so good about the episode is it's it's this great contrast between these two six year old girls who have immediately formed a connection with each other and very are very like open about like how much they like each other and like. In the when they first meet each other, when they're parting ways, they give each other a big hug, and Bluey's like, "Squeeze me tight." <laughs> it's, it's so, and then she goes, "She's like, wow, that's tight." And it's so cute. It's God. It's so. I mean, yeah. If if it wasn't clear already, the show is abundantly cute. No kidding. And so it's this contrast between their friendship and then not just. Adults, but the sort of inter—I can't believe I'm using the word intersection for this situation—but the intersection <laughs> of like forty-something men who are fathers, and specifically, like I would argue, like fathers of daughters in this case, and how it's much more of a slow build, and it's pretty clear at a certain point, like right in the middle of the episode, that these are two guys who like would absolutely be friends. They get into the play in a way where they're both like really committed to it and oh. having a lot of fun, but like. So at the end of the first day, the play, like, uh, uh, Bluey says, oh, Winnie uh, invited us over to their house for breakfast. And, and Ben's like, oh, yeah, no, we, we, we got to get back to ours. And I was like, yeah, we got to get back to ours, too. And so Bluey's saying, like, aren't you, like, aren't you two, like, friends yet? She can't, like, understand why they're not just friends. And so she's, like, trying to, like, get that out of him. He's like, oh, uh, the next day... It's like, oh, are, are you two friends? He's like, oh, it, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. And what is also fun about the episode is it kind of plays out like they have a crush on each other. Oh. <laughs> because there's there's one part where um, uh, Bingo comes along one day and then Bingo insists that uh, Bandit push her on the swings and he's clearly like looking back wanting to be a part of it. So and so while he's away, Bluey's like, you know, taking Fido's like fake order. It's like, uh, uh would you like uh, some banana bread? And uh uh do you and do you like my dad? <laughs> and and he, he's like, uh, I will take some banana bread and yeah, I do like your dad. And then Winnie comes up and she's just like, because he likes you. Oh. And it's just it's so sweet that like <sighs> I love the idea that that sometimes those types of adult friendships. And I would argue also, especially because like we're talking about like two men, two fathers, that like yeah. it does can like play out in a sort of way where it feels like crushy. Yeah. And uh, then spoiler alert, they go over to, in the end, they go over to Bluey's house for breakfast Aww. and uh, everyone's happy and friends with each other. That's so nice. It's also lovely to see like, um, you know, uh, an image of two men, uh, fathers who are, willing to go along and just like open up and even though their kids oh, are yeah. kind of forcing them to because that's such a you know not to get heavy again but it's an epidemic with a lot of men who they don't have a lot of friends yeah, yeah. Totally. and they you know become these family men they take care of their families when they have kids um, yeah. and that's it yeah. that's their life yeah, yeah. Um, that's also such an insightful story about 
yeah, how friendship changes over time. Like uh, exactly, that's wildly insightful. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. Ah, <laughs> I yeah. can't. I I when I hear stuff like this, I get almost like uh, angry in that way that you're like, oh, that's so smart. Oh, it's so smart. That's you. There, honestly, you find that a lot with this show. Yeah. Um, I mean, some episodes more than others. There are definitely some episodes that are definitely more straightforward. Like of this course. is watching the kids playing the game and this this yeah. episode's about the game and it's fun. Um, you still like it, but there's not necessarily as much for you to take from it when you're especially like an adult viewer. But at the very least, you still enjoy your time watching it. Even yeah. if it's not one that like really sticks with you or resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I really can't stress enough how hard it is to write a really compelling plot in seven minutes. Mm. It's mm. so difficult. Big you th- time. You think it's harder because it's short. I don't know who you is in this circumstance. <laughs> you. Um, the, all of you listening. The general you. You might think it's harder, but it's uh, easier, but it's so much harder to be that concise. And uh, as a note, there there is, a, I believe, a small writer's team on Bluey, but most episodes are written almost solely by Joe Brum, the creator. Yeah, because he, like, really observes his family, right? It's, like, well, a, because, very autobiographical. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I said this at the beginning, but when, when the show was first uh, inceptualized, his daughters were six and four. So right. that, obviously, like, he is drawing from experience. I, I believe he had a, a quotation saying each day he would have – to take about like three different plot ideas oh for an episode gosh. of Bluey. So he's convinced that he could never possibly run out. Um, well, because kids never stop and no. their imaginations are they're, huge and they're, they're creative little beings. Yeah, they and are. their interest in things is so huge. For and sure. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, go ahead. What is the nerdiest thing you have done in this fandom? Uh, the nerdiest thing, I, I, haven't, I haven't done it. I don't know if I oh. I don't know if I will do it. I was thinking I was considering doing a, a video essay about Bluey, um, and I mean if you go to YouTube, there are there is no shortage of video essays, oh, just opinion pieces. We've lost Kaya for days now. Just, <laughs> Kaya loves a video essay. I love video <laughs> essays so much. But what? <laughs> So there, there's a lot of it. There are some that talked about uh, uh, Bluey broadly and why like it's so different. There are some that talk about specific episodes. What I wanted to go into was something that I, I, I noticed a lot <clears throat> with posts, whether it's people posting on TikTok or about Reddit, and it was um, the sort of uh, shame that they had around loving the show. No. Because, yep. yeah, they would, uh, there'd be like jokey memes about, you know, like, quickly changing the channel when someone walks into the room or even like a couple like genuine posts about people trying to get friends or family into Bluey and receiving like kind of cold or like reactions they didn't oh, want. That sucks. Yeah. And and the reason <clears throat> the reason it it really interested me is because uh, frankly, I mean, as as I sit here uh, talking great detail about this show that like I love a lot knowing it'll be heard by people like I'm someone who's ashamed of loving this show. Like Truly, um, there are there are some friends of mine who don't know that I watch it. That my I talk to my parents about all the shows I watch. They don't know I watch it. Oh, yeah. I just I don't know. I have like I, I. It's obviously my thing to work through, but it's just it's this big insecurity that like what will people think that they know that like I love this show to the extent that I do. What do you think is different from this? Sorry to like stop your no, no, thought, please. but between this and like a Shira or like a Steven Universe. Well, let it be known. I w- when I. Uh, 
sent a message to Kai saying that I wanted to do the show. The other suggestion I had was Steven Universe, yep. which just by the way is a show I've rewatched recently and uh, still, we still holds we my passion. We still have to watch it one I, more episode. I could, have de- <laughs> I could have definitely done an episode about Steven Universe. You might still. I, oh, I would honestly, I would love to. I'm glad we're talking about this on air and that it's recorded. And so everyone <laughs> knows if anyone's doing the Steven Universe episode, it's me and nobody else. I also very much would like to catch up on that show because I would like to be very involved in that conversation. Oh, Great. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry. What was? Where were we? Oh, what's the difference? Yeah. What's yeah. the difference? I don't. I don't know. Because I guess Fair. there's still like a little bit of it, but I think it's the step from what was the term used? Bridge. Yeah. The bridge um, show. And there is an in between thing. There's like preschool. There's an in between part. Uh, school, only, school. Only, <laughs> it's not that. If Could only Jocelyn Getty was here. Um, and then uh, Bridge is the, the third one. Yeah. But it was just the step down to preschool. Like to yeah. tell people that like you love a preschool show, it's like, you know, there's a certain standard that's been set over the years. And obviously, Bluey's the sort of outlier. But I think when most people think of a preschool show, they think of um, things they had to sit through. <laughs> rather than yeah. things they yes. sat down to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, so cu- coming on here, I was like, I was deciding between these two shows and really like the reason I wanted to land on Bluey is knowing that this podcast always ends with love what you love and tell everyone tell about, everyone about, about it. it. And I'm, you know, a woman in my 30s and I'm kind of over having sitting like in judgment of myself or like or being worried or concerned about what other people think like this isn't just a thing like i i really as as probably clear already i really love this show yeah there are just so many things about it that i think are really wonderful and like why the fuck should i care you shouldn't you shouldn't and so this is like a step right i won't come out the other side of this like being free of of the shame that i have but just the being able to come here and like talk about it and especially like knowing the two of you and I knew for a fact like you would not be dicks about it in the slightest but not only that like I imagined you would be the kind of people that even if it's not like a show you would end up falling head over heels for that you would like find good in it head over healer for oh Oh, no, we're gonna go home and watch this. One hundred percent. Episodes of Bluey I mean, at the we end all, of the night. We have already watched a couple episodes. Yeah. Like it's a ph- phenomenal show, it, and like I think people forget that art is art. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't matter what the intended audience is if it's effective. Yeah, and if it just if it touches up. you, and you may, like, yeah. we don't necessarily always know why things hit us when they hit us, and why they find us when they find us. But you know, as you're watching, you're like, oh man, this this preschool show is is just hitting the right note for me. Absolutely. Whether it's about, you know, having a different view on the world right now. The world sucks right now, and this is like a beautiful thing that's celebrating, you know, people's growth and learning and fun. Yeah. And it's just, that's awesome. Yeah, for it's sure. so awesome. I think there's a lot of, like, uh, a lot of things that compel adults to try and put their kids' selves away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot. And that I think that that's why people get shit on for liking fantasy because yeah. it's like silly and imaginative. Uh, same with sci-fi. Like I think you can find this exact thing in a lot of different fandoms just taking different forms. Yeah. For sure. Right? Like you as a BTS fan, Steph, can probably relate to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love that K-pop group, but it definitely like one thing that is nice about that group is it's people of all ages accepting it and anyone can walk into a BTS concert and be like, I love BTS. And from, you know, six-year-olds all the way to, like, 80-, 90-year-olds are all like, yeah, me too. Right. Yeah, and, and nobody is, has shame about it. And it's so 
So nice. Yeah, but I know that some people are like, uh, BTS. You yeah, know? they were just yeah. saying, like, uh, Shira, uh, Sailor <laughs> Moon. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. your life must be sad. Yeah. And part, part yeah. of your magic is you don't care. Steph, I don't care. Is... I tattoo it all over my body. A well, wonderful that's, quality. That's, a, that's another important thing to remember that sometimes, like, yes, there is your own feelings about, like, oh no, like, how are people perceiving me? And, like, this own, your own stuff that you, ha- that you may, like, want to work through. But it's also the acknowledgement that, like, if, if someone is, like, expressing any sort of like derision or like shaming you like that's also just like on them and it's acknowledging that like there's something just from their own like life experience just like you know makes them need to like put you down yeah Yeah. their their own their own fear of being perceived as childish sure it's so hard not to let that affect you sometimes you're just like oh why do i care that you care about this when i love this thing yeah i remember people used to make fun of me for watching buffy and i remember having to think at some point they haven't watched it they don't know (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter for sure and like that was that was an active like moment i remember in being a teenager like yeah it's it's a thing that i think everybody goes through yeah so relatable. And I just love, uh, I want to commend you for being able to be, come here and be like, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to do it. Because I think that that's, you're giving yourself a gift. You're giving us a gift. Yeah, you're giving the people listening a gift. The like, point of our whole show. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's very sweet so of thank you. you. Th- thank you yeah. for saying that. That's really sweet. Oh. And thank you for offering this space, too. Of course. And like you two rule. Oh. Let it be known, listeners. Stop These that. two rule. Yeah. Stop it. But don't. But do. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this, I honestly, I'm going to jump into our hot takes right now Absolutely. because I've got really. one that's pretty on point of this, yeah. which is uh, the first hot take is you're just projecting onto a kid's cartoon. Uh, I know that's a thing a lot of people uh, say about this where you're projecting yourself um, and, you know, I, I, Isn't that what entertain? Aren't they describing it? Like, <laughs> is, is there any? Is there any more detail? There's on no that? more context. They're just like, I'm. This is my one statement about Bluey. You're projecting onto a kids' cartoon. But we were all kids. Sorry, this is your response. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. I'm I mean, immediately you, mad online. <laughs> well, you you are kind of saying what what uh, is my initial thought, which is like the. Art, art or media or entertainment of any t- kind like is a mirror and like you're yeah. going to have like your feelings that you put like I just I guess I just like don't fully know what they mean by that I feel like they mean something specific but like taking that at face value is just like well yeah like yeah. a little yeah it's it's yeah I see I see uh, childhood experiences reflected I see um uh things that I wish like I could have had like in my childhood like I don't really know like what more to say on that. Yeah. That, that well, Kai, this... did you have anything else you wanted to have? Well, I have <laughs> no, another no. one that goes a little more in depth. It has a little more specificity on it. Okay. Oh, okay. Which is uh, the recent influx of teens and 20-somethings getting into Bluey is cringe, and we're all freaks. We're just trying to heal our childhood trauma, damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is something you hear uh, a lot. Um, people who uh, didn't have great childhoods, great home lives, like really flock to this show um and yeah like it's the yeah the whole cringe thing oh it's the death of it's the death of passion and love uh, <laughs> the idea of cringe like, i've been cringe, cringe since i was a kid the, so, yeah. like, yes 100 so we embrace cringe here <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i mean i i do think uh e- even if if you're someone who didn't um you don't consider yourself to have had like an adverse childhood i just think there's like i don't know there's a, there's a joy you see, and sometimes that's nice to be able to witness and like relive to a point, and especially from like an because like the show really gives like an 
an adult, like the adults, like looking in totally. on the lives of like kids. So yeah. like, there's that sort of different take. It's a new, it's a new take that wasn't just like the fresh direct one when we were like kids and like that experience. Yeah, yeah, and it talks. It also seems to show the the experience, not just of the kids going through these things, but you get to relate to the parents. The parents are individuals. They're not just, you know, a la Muppet babies where they're just legs. You know, <laughs> or Charlie Brown where they're just wah, 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 wah. It's yeah, like yeah. The parents are living, breathing, feeling mm-hmm. people. For sure. Uh, so that's, you know. I think it's just deeply weird and ironic that we can take childhood seriously if Terrence Malick does a three-hour epic um, exploring his own boyhood in middle America. What movie is that? This is Tree of Life. Oh, I'm not going to watch it. Specifically, it literally has – there's one part in the middle of it where for five minutes – this is Terrence Malick. Yeah, I believe so. Um, for five minutes, you just see like images of supernovas, and then it goes that, back yeah, that to is tree of life. yeah, and then it goes back and shows you a dinosaur, and and like it that for some reason very <laughs> serious and important, very serious and important. But if you like a children's cartoon, you're projecting. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. And let it be known, just to be the like, uh, let it be known. I mean, granted, I haven't seen Tree of Life in a long time, but I do remember loving it. But I also love this. Yeah, so, I'm not what? saying it's a bad movie. Yeah. I'm just saying, what's the difference? No, for sure, I I agree. Well, th- this is, I mean, Bluey is also like, it raised an interesting question for me of like uh, how. I think we always tend to think of like art as being for adults, and like how do you make art for children? Like, is art in some ways something that can only be co- completely truly understood? with adult brains, is there a way to make like great art that is specifically for children? I just think that's never, I've never like seen that type of conversation before. Yeah, but that's this interesting. Is, but this is a show that's definitely got me like the closest to thinking about that because I think they've definitely towed that line before. I think that's, it's an interesting conversation to carry over to children's literature. I really mm. love children's literature. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like, if if you look through the scope of children's literature, some of the greatest artists, greatest illustrators ever worked in kids. Oh, right. Like Stunning it, work. Is it, Incredible stuff like uh, Shel Silverstein, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Seuss, like yeah. a ton of um, what's oh, his Maurice Sendak. Like, yeah. tell me where the wild things are is not art. Yeah, I dare you. Yeah, don't though, because it'll hurt me. Don't <laughs> do it. I'm um, very sensitive. Please don't. <laughs> Please, I love children's content. All right. I'm projecting. <laughs> this next one is from friend of the podcast and uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, I Hate It But I Love It, Jocelyn Getty, who first introduced me to this concept. Uh, on her podcast, which you should listen to. And oh. also a huge Bluey fan. Great. Hey, Jocelyn. Uh, so this one, uh, she gave a really thoughtful, long uh, description. That's not the one that I picked. I picked <laughs> Bandit is a Babe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that... Jocelyn. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, yes, the, I think this is a, a, a very commonly held opinion. I mean, I I see the appeal. He's great with his kids, ready to roll with the punch. He's clearly fun. And um, uh, he's, he's goofy, got a great sense of humor. He seems I very respectful. Yeah. He seems respectful. Um, my hot take in addition to this is his older brother, Uncle Rad, 
is so hot. Okay. Uncle Rad. Okay. He's okay. so hot. Okay, now, he, is he one of those, like, cartoon <laughs> characters with a name like Rad? I All I picture is that guy from The Simpsons when they introduced the dog. Guy's losing it over there. With, like, a backwards just, hat and cool sunglasses. Well, Uncle yeah. Uncle Rad. That's funny, because, like, no, there's nothing, like... <laughs> We've lost Kaya. Kaya's just... I didn't realize this episode was going to get thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> And like you know, that's I, I mean, it's all, it's also like an accomplishment because like I'm a lesbian, but this 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 dog man is so fine. I can't I can't even keep talking. Begin I have to, to look at a picture. Oh of yeah, Uncle no no Rad. no. So he's got he's got a blend of the different types of colors. He's got his top half is red and his bottom half is blue. Oh. He's got really luxurious hair. He's yeah. Pu- sh- yeah. Oh, so I've just pulled oh, it up. I see and it. if you're listening, Google it right now. He's got a really Rad like healer. He's got a lovely, like low masculine voice. Not like super low, but like very calming. He's very down to earth, but also like down to have fun. He's definitely not like silly in the way Bandit is, but he's just very like he's very cool. Oh, look at oh, him. The look at pull him. Up, he's oh, got like bedroom eyes. Actually, do you mind if I quickly talk about this episode? Yes, oh, please. Because he, he features specifically in one episode called Double Babysitter. This is a this is uh, this would be the next episode I would have talked about after Cafe. Um, he's coming over to babysit. Yeah. Steph's Steph still fawning over. <laughs> fawning there over seems right. to be a cutie little lady involved, well, we'll, too. We'll, so. ta- we'll talk about her Ooh. in a second. So um, the, <laughs> he comes he comes over to babysit, and uh, <laughs> guy's barely, barely holding it together over there. Please keep talking. Okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, comes over to babysit. Bluey, for whatever reason, we don't know why, but is hesitant about what they refer to as a babysitter put down. So basically, while the parents are out, the babysitters put them mm, to bed. Yep. Yeah. And she seems not excited about this, but we don't know why. So then uh, a couple minutes after he comes in, Frisky comes in, and she is, quote, Bluey's fairy godmother. It's later revealed that her and Chili are, like, best friends, basically. So she became the godmother. So uh, she also comes over to babysit because there was, like, a miscommunication where Chili's like, oh, sorry, um, Uncle Rad said he could do it at the last minute. Uh, I tried to message you. I guess you didn't get it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't. Sorry, I can go. Um, but then Bingo and Bluey insist that they both stay and babysit. So when they first, when she first walked through the door, they, like, have a moment where, like, they lock eyes. And you're <gasps> like, oh, my God, is this actually what this show is doing right now? Babysitter, <laughs> they both, they both have, like, They both have a, a heart stopper, you know, hi. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? And I, I like, lost it when I first watched this episode. I'm like, I'm so happy. And it just unlocked a, a whole new meet-cute scenario for me where I'm looking after friends or family's kids, and then there's another person who comes to babysit. Now, there is actually also a fan theory about this episode, a very short one, but that um, Band and I love this, that Bandit and Chili actually intentionally set them up. Oh. No way. But that they're like, they played it off like it was a mistake, but they wanted to like, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Rat is uh, Bandit's older brother and is still single and like frisky single. And they're like, we got to get, th- these two are right for each other. They both have cool Hilarious. hair. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, there's a lot more of the episode, but like, it's ultimately like this sort of, tiny romance blossoming, but they're also, like, playing with the kids and and giving them the babysitter put down and everything works out and uh, it's really... And it's a really funny episode, too. There's one scene in particular where, you know, it's established, like, you know, we... uh, Like, Bluey's like, we don't know you two as well. And it's like, well, let's play 20 questions so you can get to know us. And then they just, like... 
you know, from the mouths of babes, they just like grill them immediately, oh my God. immediately out of the gate. It's like, all right, go. And they just both turn <laughs> to Uncle Rad instantly. He's like, why don't you have a wife? <laughs> and it just gets love better it. from there. It's really good. I love this show. Oh my God, it's great. <laughs> I already love it. It's this wonderful. Show. All right, this one's a fan theory. Okay. Um, so this is people think Bandit and Chili are rebuilding their relationship and that Bandit wasn't around much when Bingo was born because of marital problems. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, this is a fan theory I did once think was possible. I don't know so much now. Um, there's a main piece of evidence that people point to. It's in uh, the... Uh, I can't believe I actually know like what episode it is. It's in the episode dance mode. It's such a small detail. <laughs> but they're going to, um, I don't know if it's a post office. It's, it's wherever you do this in Australia where uh, to get the address changed on your identification. Okay. So Bandit's going, he's like, I need to get the address changed on this. So people think like, oh, like they were separated. And so he had like mm. a different residence. But like the, the, I don't know if like the timeline like really works. I think it's like an interesting idea, but also like, I don't know why. <laughs> and it's all, I mean, it's also like there is a, a collective defensiveness within like the Bluey fandom where it's like we don't like the thinking of the idea that these two were like going through and marital problems. Why do we problems. need to? Yeah. yeah. Why does it need that? Don't yeah, kill I my mean, safe space. We, we have. The, I mean, there is um, there is a. Um, a character, uh, Winton, one of the kids on the show, and and like there there have been some like brief mentions to the fact that like his parents are divorced, and there's even like a couple times in the background where you can see like his dad with like women like on dates, <laughs> just like oh, just like really small details in the background. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, re that's real. But yeah. Uh, anyway, I think like I think it's an uh, an all right theory. I I I choose not to agree with it because I can't uh, I can't bring myself to believe. And you're allowed to do they, that. Yeah. Because it's fiction and that is your right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, this last one is a fan reaction. Uh, it's just so good. Oh. Do you want to read it, Kaya? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. It, it is. And I'm going to read this word for word. Okay. God damn it. Son of a bitch. I just realized that Bluey's mom works in airport security and Bluey's dad is an archaeologist. Uh, uh, Bluey's mom's job is sniffing and Bluey's dad's job is digging up bones because they're <laughs> fucking dogs. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Two things on that. That's hilarious. First of all, that's hilarious. Very funny. <laughs> so the first thing is that's another really great detail about this show in like they will occasionally reference the fact that they're dogs. Oh, like there will be like these little hints every once in a while that that like just remind you like yeah we're dogs and we know it. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try my best to be quick about this. There's one episode called The Pool where um, uh, Bandit takes the kids to uh, Uncle Stripe, his younger brother. We haven't talked about oh. Uncle Stripe. Um, we don't talk about Uncle Stripe. No, I'm just <laughs> we kidding. Don't talk no, about he's fine. He's gay. Thank you. I don't know that person. They they, uh, they go to uh, his pool when they're away to swim, and the whole like thing of the episode is like Chili's making sure like they got everything they need, and like sometimes boring stuff is necessary. But Bandit's like, ah, oh, no, we're just there to have fun, and so they end up forgetting like a lot of the essentials, which actually impacts the fun, and that's the lesson of the episode. <gasps> so they get out of the pool, and they don't have towels, but Bandit just like immediately does like the dog shake off. Oh. Ah! 
incredible. But then uh, Bluey's like, I'm cold. And he's like, well, just grab your towel. She's like, I don't have a towel. He's like, well, then just shake. And she's like, but I haven't learned to shake. And so (laughs) then he's trying to get uh, Bingo out of the pool, who's like, who does not want to leave and is like clinging on to like the the ladder bar and being like, I don't want to get out. (laughs) Meanwhile, Bluey's just, it keeps cutting back to her off to the side, just going like, blah, 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 just (laughs) flailing around wildly. Until she's finally just like, I can't shake properly. (laughs) And uh, that is just one of my absolute favorite dog-related details. Second on that is I thought maybe... You were go- that reaction was going in the direction where they were accidentally going to stumble upon one of my favorite fan theories that I don't, for the record, do not think is true, but I think it's really funny because, yes, Chili works in airport security, Bandit's an archaeologist. There's a lot of talk in the show, or around the show, that's sort of... Um, the thing people talk about in Friends where it's like, how do Rachel and Monica afford uh, that yes. apartment? Yeah. Yes, yes, so yes. they say the same thing about their house, because like it's a, I don't know, I don't live in Brisbane where it's it's set in Queensland, um, yeah. and they're like, there's no way they'd be able to afford a house like that. So there's a theory that they're international smugglers. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Bandit is able to sneak through like artifacts and and like and and bones and and Chili can let it slide. Oh my where, god! And that's how they're able to make money. I whoever came up with that theory, I love you. I, I definitely do not think it's true, but like that's so creative and so funny. Would you believe us if we told you that that is actually our second uh, smuggling uh, hot take? The other one really? was Golden Girls. Oh right? yeah. The Take that the Golden Girls oh. were actually all drug smugglers. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's you know right. what? Yeah. I hope it's the same person. I hope it's the oh, same yeah. person yeah. making going both into theory. every yeah. fandom and being like, there's, there's gotta be, a, there's gotta be a smuggler theory. <laughs> what if? Except Han Solo, they're like, what if he wasn't a smuggler? What if he was just a decent guy who had a little attitude? <laughs> what if? It, what if it was just a front? <laughs> <laughs> really, he was delivering Meals on Wheels. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's for his Etsy business. <laughs> Do you have any hot takes that you need to get out in the world that we haven't covered yet? This is your chance. Yep. Well, I guess I guess I would bring up my (laughs) this is oh god, this is sort of ending things on a bit of a lower note, but there is a fan theory I really love when we're when we were talking about um the show exploring heavier uh, themes. This is one that's not made explicit in the show, but there is a fan theory that I think is convincing, and it's uh, the theory that uh, Bluey is uh, a rainbow baby. Do you know what rainbow babies no. are? No. So a ra- I-, I actually learned this too. So a rainbow baby is the first baby you have after a miscarriage. Oh. So there's I can't believe it. So there's uh, an episode called The Show where Bluey and Bingo for Mother's Day they put on a little play about Chili's life. And the beginning of the episode starts with um, them bringing up uh, the Mother's Day breakfast and Bingo's holding the tray and she accidentally spills it. And then she gets really down herself saying, quote, I I always ruin everything. You understand why I want to protect Bingo so badly. (laughs) Bingo is okay, buddy. Oh, God, she's so sweet. But a child. So, so, um, yeah, they put on this whole show, and then they get to the point where um, uh, Chili's pregnant, and so they have uh, uh, Bingo put on a shirt, and they blow up a blue balloon to represent Bluey and put it it in her shirt. And so they they come out, they do the thing, and as uh, Bluey's continuing to narrate, the balloon pops, and they both, like, freeze and, like, look down, and then it cuts back to... 
Chili and Bandit, and their smiles drop, and Bandit just slowly reaches his hand over oh. and, and grabs Chili's hand. Oh. It's literally a two-second moment, and I know that's, like, not a whole lot to base it on, but, like, the, the freeze reaction is one oh. that, like, just seems true. And some people detract from this saying, well, that reaction is just because they're anticipating that, like, Bingo, you know, is going to be really upset again because she oh, once again, like... Hold? It's just, but we've but we've also seen in the show like how they react when they know like one of their kids is gonna like be upset about something and it's not that and just as someone who has seen that reaction in real life like that type of freeze reaction that comes from like birth or pregnancy related yeah. trauma like yeah. it lo- it looks familiar and just so many I mean not that this makes it true but so many people who. Our parents who watched the show who have had miscarriages say, like, we, like, saw ourselves in this and it's amazing to, like, oh. see that reflected. Joe Brum, like, will never confirm any theories. No, He's like, I don't want to, like, put that in into the world. I want people to see, like, what they see. And, yeah. like, I, yeah. I, I don't wish to, like, confirm or deny any of these things. The piece is the piece as is. But yeah, um, yeah. that is – that's definitely my – it's a weird – thing to say is like no, my favorite no. fan theory but oh, like I do beautiful. think that's just like really incredible um and I just I I can't read that moment in any other yeah in any other wow. way oh, oh I love that I think that's wonderful thank you yeah, for adding that yeah no problem Ugh. all right well at the end of every episode <laughs> this feels weird to just be like we have to do and this now we're gonna yeah. talk about <laughs> but we're gonna do recording it. the podcast yeah. <laughs> but we gotta do it we gotta do it's it the end of the um, episode <laughs> Uh, we like to share our micro fandoms of the week, which we will do in just a moment. But before we do, we would love to talk to you about how you can support this show so we can keep talking about fandoms that people should be able to talk more about. Um, there are many free ways you can do that, and all of which would be greatly appreciated. You can reach out, you can follow us, or you can send us compliments or thoughts or feelings at Fandom Show Pod. Um, and if you have ideas for future episodes or you want to catch up on past episodes or you just want to say hi, you can visit us at thefandomshow.com. We also... Uh, this is not normally part of the end of the show, but we have a Discord. Uh, if you want to come chat with us or chat with other uh, lovely nerdy fans about things, come on and join us. Uh, you can find the link. It's available on our Instagram and our link tree there. Uh, that'll get you right in there. Please come find us on Discord. We're part of the From Superheroes Discord as well. So come in. I started a, a channel just to share animal pictures. They're not pet pictures. I need to be very specific. There's a different channel for pet pictures, but for some reason I felt the need to make an animal pictures one. So... Come to Discord. <laughs> Good work, love. <laughs> um, that's our whole relationship just summed up right there. No, I, I don't think the whole... Re- no. Anyway, this is not the point. Um, p- please tell all of your nerdiest friends about us. Um, and please, the biggest thing you can do besides listening, which you're already doing, and thank you so much for that, is if you can get on your podcast provider of choice. Um, Apple Podcasts is the best, but all of them are great. And do a little rate, review, or, su- or subscribe A single word is amazing, but those reviews really help us move up in the charts so more people can hear this, more people can get involved in positive fandom. Um, You have the power. You have the power. Um, Use it well. Yeah, even even a very small review. We love to read them. Um, They help us move up in those charts and means we can have more fan fans. Yeah, uh, a reminder that we do have a Patreon if you want to support that way. Patreon.com forward slash The Fandom Show. And finally, our theme song is by Yusu Kim and our logo is by John Blair. All right, now our micro fandoms of the week. Kyle, let's start with you. Um, I have begun to watch uh, on the theme of Video amazing, essays? amazing. No, um, <laughs> that can be next episode. Uh, on the theme of amazing kids content, I've started watching Gravity Falls. Oh, cool! Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's nice. really great. I'm only a couple episodes in right now, but man, I just love. I I love how much animation can 
work in physical comedy in a way that uh, that I just don't think live action does anymore. That's so true. Um, like just slapstick, uh, like camera work, just all of these things that it's capable of doing that, I, yeah, I just think there's no budget for anymore or, or no interest in even yeah. um, that I just love so much. And I think Gravity Falls is a really good example of using the medium uh, like they, they do a lot of subtitle jokes. They do a lot of sign jokes. Like they'll put jokes anywhere they can put them. And I really love it. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Steph, what about you? Uh, so by the time that you are listening to this, this will have already happened. But the thing that I'm just losing my GD mind about is this weekend, I'm going to go see one of the BTS members in concert. Oh, shit. I'm going to go see Suga. I'm driving like 10 hours to do it. Uh, I'm going with the person who was actually on our podcast to talk about BTS, Ann Pornell, oh. and my friend uh, Carly. Check out uh, that episode. Yeah, please. It's if you want to hear us lose our freaking minds. <laughs> There's almost as many daddies on that podcast as there were on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. Um, but yeah, we're going to be filming a bunch of stuff while we're there. So just feel free to go onto our Instagram. I definitely will post way more than anyone wants to see about it. But I'm just so freaking excited to be surrounded by like 40,000 BTS fans. Amazing. Um, I, I don't even know what the energy to expect. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be overwhelming. And I'm just lots. so excited to be surrounded by people who are as into the fandom as I am. So Oh, Excellent. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Kinley, what are you fanning about that? Well, my my roommate and I were making our way through like three different shows simultaneously, and I I, I promised I would only talk about one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But I think I picked the right one because I am so enamored with Poker Face right now. Oh, Ooh. I don't know anything about oh it. Oh, my God. It's Wait, do you? Do we know you, nothing about it. Literally <gasps> nothing. Okay, so starring Natasha Leone. Oh, well, okay. I knew that would be Come the way up. to leave Come this. Come on now. So... Honorary uh, lesbian. It is Natasha about, it is about uh, a woman who has an uncanny ability to know when someone's lying. Wow. And so she's not a detective, but it's a detective show um, by uh, Ryan Johnson, who oh, people I love know, Ryan Johnson. Uh, Knives Out yep. and um, one of the Star Wars movies and, you know, other things. Yep. Uh, and it's just such good television it's it's there's a bit of an arc but it's basically episodic it's solving a different mystery each week it's super funny it's really engaging it's just it's just like television in its purest form i kind of like missed shows like this it's like just episodic episodic and just of the week. so beautifully put together it's really well uh, done it's shot incredibly the writing's great natasha leone is so goddamn charming it's disgusting she's she's, un she's unreal um it is uh it's on well i mean it's annoying because it's on amazon prime but you also have to like subscribe for like a city tv plus account which i did but you know should you find some other way to watch it i don't know what we don't know i can't how. imagine how you but do that you know but, do yeah. what you can to watch it because <laughs> it is truly a, a fantastic show i cannot recommend it highly enough oh. Um, and uh, one of the other things you were going to talk about is Yellow Jackets, which we're not going to talk about right now because <laughs> Steph and I are going to talk about it on our bonus podcast. Oh, so if you would excellent. like to hear a little bit more about that, then check out our Patreon. Sweet. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> did you? We had this. Anyway. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming to join us, Kinley. Where can people find you? Is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah, sure. Well, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Kinley Mockery. Uh, you can also find me at Kinley Mockery on Twitter, but like I don't really post there much. But if you really want to, you could. <laughs> um, you, can, you can also find me on TikTok uh, at Kin Kin Kinaroo. That's K I N K I N K I N. 
A-R-O-O. Um, please uh, do follow uh, the podcast that I'm co-hosting with my dear friend, Ned Seeger. Uh, we're very proud of it. It's called Lenny and Coco, Lee Leonard Cohen podcast, where we're running through his entire catalog of music, album by album, talking about uh, the history of this man and going over his wonderful poetry and music. Oh, uh, so please check that out at Lenny and Coco on uh, Instagram. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, till next time, and definitely, uh, just extra emphatically for this episode. Yes. Love the things you love. Yes. And tell everyone about them. Do Proudly, it. Proudly. Yes. You can yes. do it. <laughs> Get out there and scream it at the top of your we lungs. We believe in you. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. The Phantom Show. The Phantom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.